How's it going, Evan? It's going good. Uh, we uh, what number are we at? Seventy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, you you hit play, and I went. Uh oh, we didn't check what number this. Well, we're is. EDH Rex, <laughs> the podcast about finite commander. Uh, we are on episode seventy-four. Oh, there we go. Uh, we are about finite commander and uh, no stasis oracle. We've kind of which, leaned off of which we pulled off. Lab man, we did. Uh, and that was question was can you do lab man? And we said, eh, that's fine now. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, we found a place that'll run our tournaments again because our normal place um, doesn't seem like it wants to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first beer I've had in over a year and a half. Uh, well, you've been drinking White Claw like nonstop, so it's don't yeah. sound like you've no, been no, <laughs> just for the sake of beer. So okay. it tastes it tastes great. It could sound like you're uh, like oh back on the habit a year and a half sober <laughs> and here we go to be fair i haven't i haven't drank on the show for quite a while so i haven't either because i keep having to drive here you do you know it was always easier when you were just at home you know during the zoom days yeah and, then and, and, then, then, then i just I, didn't have alcohol because i forgot to go to the I store i assumed you never had alcohol <laughs> going to the liquor store during a pandemic was never uh top of my priorities no no so uh i didn't i know you've got like at home Yes. Did they deliver your uh, organic? I went to the liquor store beer? for these ones, oh, okay. uh, but I do have a delivery coming to restock nice. our liquor store, <laughs> our liquor shelf. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we sometimes talk about magic and Warhammer accidentally. Evan beat um, me for the first time in Warhammer. I did. We've had a productive week, so we, we, did. we yeah, played yeah. a 2000 point game. Yep. And I won uh, after losing to you like three times in a row or yep. twice. I twice, can't remember. Twice in a row. Uh, we played CDH. We did. But we'll put quotes around the CDH part. Soft CDH. Uh, and then we, we got to play a non-infinite tournament, so yeah. we've yeah. had a good time. Yeah, since the last podcast we recorded, we've, we've, we've played CEDH. I legitimately played you, against you three played, CEDH decks. You played Zada CEDH. Zada DH, yeah. And I played Sir Kara the Bold CEDH. I'm going to call Zadeh <laughs> from now on. Okay. Zadeh. You'll forget that. Uh, it's like one of the, oh man, I came up with the best name mm-hmm. for the, the, the vaccine passport. Okay. The Halivax Pass. <laughs> I mean, it's a little better than Scotia Pass, but I was disappointed that the vaccine passport protest didn't have like a "you shall not pass" sign. Oh, see, they like miss the, out. They're just so lazy. Well, they're just not smart enough. That's no, <laughs> they just have uh, "my body, my choice." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough uh, of the politics. So but, we uh, did play CDH. Uh, it was soft CDH, I have to say. I didn't run into any hard. I got hit with an oracle, but that was only because people countered the wrong stuff, which is partially well, what we'll got, talk about today. I got, I got hit with an oracle, but it was like turn nine. Yeah, that's why it was too. Um, but uh, oh, but yeah. importantly, uh, you prized. Yep. And I prized. And so and did uh, two friends of the show prized. <laughs> they did. They and that did. was all the prizes. It was the, so, the entirety of the prizing. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure listening to this podcast uh, or. <clears throat> In the case of other people, I think they've been on the podcast. Yes, actually. Well, both, both, of them, of those. both of them have been, yeah. Uh, clearly helps you win. Um, uh, now, the person who won the actual top table was actually playing Infinite Combos. Yes, he was, was on uh, Heliod. Heliod uh, <coughs> Ballista Stacks. Yeah. Uh, fun Police, as he called the deck. It's definitely fun. So <laughs> I didn't get to play against it, but I heard a lot of moaning. My first, <laughs> my first, my first round was a, an unfortunate round because I showed up with the idea, like you did, of... I put some fast man into Zada. Uh, ahead of me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I, there was one incidental infinite, which is always in Zada, which is the twin flame dual caster, which right. is always there, but I never use it. Yeah. Um, but so I showed up, and my first table was against um, Porphyros, 
but the the bronze skinned one, not the good one that kills you with, okay. with creating tokens. The Clearly one that you can you can sneak deck. attack. Yeah, yeah, you can sneak attack right in. And then and I was cool. also fighting a breaches and Malcolm deck, which I gave points for being pirate themed. But right, it, people are trying to push that deck. I think I, you know, it wasn't. There was at no point was I worried about what was going to happen. And this is what we said. It, it was uh, it was a night where there were no deck constraints. No. So in theory, you could show up with any deck. Yes. Um, but a lot of them. Now my second round. I don't round, think fit. That's the criteria why I, as much as we were worried they no. would. No. But well, that, that's why I was sort of setting it up because the second round of the but, tournament was where I hit. Yeah, there, the bracket. <laughs> there's a group. So, there is a group that played. About half of them are playing. Yeah. So I ran into CDH, and the other half. Are, uh, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> but the other, the, the, my table was Zada, me on Zada, uh, Fun Police. Yep. Uh, across yeah. from me was Sliver Food Chain with Thassa yep. Oracle backup. Yep. Uh, and then beside him was Krom and Timna with Thassa's Oracle of the Wing Con. Perfect. Yep. And Thassa's Oracle won. I played against uh, a Golos and a Stupid Enchantress deck. And it's been too long, I can't even think of the other deck. There was a black-white cleric deck there that I never faced. Yeah, but, I didn't play against that one. But uh, I don't know. Oh, I oh, played against... Eureka. I played against a Thada Dell deck, but that one was <laughs> was one of the players. <laughs> Let's just say this player could be playing it, but the deck eventually has, like, you know, Omniscience, Enter the Infinite kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but he makes a point to only steal soul rings with Thada Dell. Yeah, so he hits so you for you your soul So you can clearly ring. see what caliber he's playing. Um but uh, I believe he won that game. <laughs> he did. So he won his table. So it's not a bad deck. Uh, it's a oh, and there was a, strange there was one, a curiosity niv Mizzet combo, too. Yes. So there was a funny thing that happened, I guess, with the uh, guy playing Thada Adele, where I don't know maybe if you were in the game or not, but I guess the guy, no, the guy put... screwed over the, the niv Mizzet kind oh, of. He oh, put, yeah. He put, he put curiosity on niv Mizzet and then just declared himself the winner. <laughs> yes. and, then, uh, and, then, and then one of the guys was like, well, you kind of have to have like enough cards to kill us yeah. left in your deck. And he only had like sixty-four cards in his deck, so like he would just drew himself dead if he would have done one damage. <laughs> yeah, I remember him talking about that. He's like, no, 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 count your cards. You yeah, know? but that's the way it works sometimes. No, I played against the the Nymphmizic guy, and what he did was, uh, he um, fabricated for a Commander Lotus, a Jeweled Lotus. Okay. I assume because he didn't have other fast mana, or because he's playing Nymphmizic Param and he needs uh, the colors. Uh, so then on his turn, he played it, and then cast. Niv-Mizzet, which I can't counter, no. but I can Pyroblast with his end step. Yes. And then he never had the mana to recast. Oh, poor guy. Um, he was top-decking. It was pretty sad. Well, in the final <laughs> game, so the second round, there was only three which, rounds. Which shows you that's the first time I've played against the Jeweled Lotus, yep. and it didn't help at all. So <laughs> The uh, the final round, so I lost, obviously, the, the, the middle round against the two. But then yeah. the one of the Oracle decks ended up matching with me again. Right. So it was me versus Oracle versus Niv-Mizzet. And the opening turn, I went last. Niv-Mizzet goes first. He goes, Island, uh, Chrome Mox, uh, and the uh, Jeweled Lotus. Yeah. Like, opening turn. No, Mox Diamond. I was like, right. holy shit, Like I'm, I'm dead. Goes to the next player. He's like, uh, Mountain Mana Crypt. Um and uh and uh jewel jewel lotus or um, yeah. not jewel mox diamond again and sure. I, and then my opening hand I I thought I was good I had two mountains in my chrome mox and I was like Pfft. I was like <laughs> I'm, I'm so far behind this match now um but the niv mizzet kid didn't draw another land for five turns and I was yep. like he kept a one lander 
with two rocks. Yeah, that's we talked about greed. That's what you do. That's a deal. Oh, I was like, if I had a Vandal Blast, I would have done it on purpose. Oh, man. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, uh, th- so all this to say, our topic today is threat assessment. Yes, and removal. And we, we always talk about this every once in a while. It annoys us. So um, part of it is uh, someone was mentioning that, like, something uh, might have been a video i saw online about like how as the power level goes up like board wipes go down which seems like a bad idea yeah so i um, think it was the and fact it was the same thing we played at the cdh one and just like no one board man, wiped. S- so many people just didn't have removal but that's because one deck everyone legitimately had i think a counter spell and that yeah. was the only removal but in that's the whole because pack. there's very little to remove apart from artifacts and cdh I You're guess, not killing but creatures, someone's right? Con- well, that you killed Niv Mizzet when they try to hit uh, Curiosity on it. Is not that the solution? I don't think Niv Mizzet is a is a CEDH deck though. It's a fringe one, I think. Yeah, like, but I mean, if you're talking like top tier, it's like you're well, not running. Well, there's like eight decks that are top tier, then there's forty that think they are. Yeah, but if you're running a top tier deck, you're not running like forty creatures in your deck. I'm, I'm no, assuming. No, no. Unless you're Najila, maybe I don't know, but yeah, even then, I don't think she does. But but there are times when, anyway, like I was playing against Yuriko, <coughs> and sure enough, killing creatures is like a good thing to do. Yes. But yeah. like, few and far, well, I mean, few and far between. I, I felt confident playing any creature. I actually, in the final game, I actually just played a, uh, uh, the um, Treasonous Ogre and just dragged myself to six. Yeah, well, that's what you do. I was like, I was like I'm just going to die here, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he, the dude did hit me with his flying commander for four, so I was on a single turn clock after that. <laughs> but uh, when you have a when you have that out here, trees no good. You gotta go go all in. But uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about um, a threat assessment and and things like that. Yeah. So threat assessment is like a very vague sort of like open term that people use. Uh, it doesn't really have a real definition when you look it up online. It's very relative. Um, yeah, I feel like w- that's what we just talked about, like Rule Zero and how yeah. like, people don't understand This is <laughs> This is even more so, I think, threat assessment. Uh, and value. We talked about value because no one can define no that either. No one can define value. But for me, threat assessment is just the idea of being able to look at the board and look at the generals and determine what is the most dangerous and least dangerous piece on the board. Yeah, it's important when you have the ability to blow up one creature. Or one that permanent. That you blow up the right one. Yeah. Or if you have one permanent, that it's the right one and not like, yeah. I blow up Brian's thing and then the other guy combos out on the next turn and you go, That didn't good, happen on Wednesday job. night. That didn't happen at all on Wednesday night, Evan. Uh, I Ever. don't believe it did. <laughs> I believe at the start of the game I said, if you're going to attack me for free stuff, I'm not going to save you later. And then I didn't oh, save oh, you, you didn't, later. You didn't. You both died, but you did not save me. Brian attacked me knowing that I wouldn't bounce his creature because I had to bounce someone else's creature because it would have been really bad. And Brian wanted to get his, uh, his sort of uh, feast and famine trigger. So he decided to attack me. Because I was held hostage by the fact that I had to save his ass later. That wasn't the case. That wasn't what I was referring to. I, That's what I was that referring was, to. That was planning on my part. What so I was I referring to was after that, when that dude was dead with the angels, and you had the opportunity to kill the guy's general, and he couldn't recast it, and instead you killed my general just to stop a singular trigger. Uh, well, the guy died anyway. No, no, he won. The one on Kedison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one yeah. I probably screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. Partially because I didn't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Threat assessment. Because I was mad at you. <laughs> it was mostly. Yeah, yeah, I, I was blinded by rage. <laughs> so anyway, threat assessment. Uh, for me, uh, as I said. And importantly, that. I think in the next game, I Vandal Blast, and then you played Mystic Forge the next turn. Looked pretty bad on me. Yes, I did, yeah. Importantly, your Mystic Forge completely whiffed for like the three turns left in the game. Uh, completely whiffed for everything it did. Um, but it looked bad. But Vandal Blast is an instant speed, so I couldn't wait. You had two swords out. I did. And another guy had a uh, hammer of Mizan. And uh, anyway, it was worth blowing them all up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to talk about threat assessment today. Yep. Uh, I'll start off. I have sort of three criteria, but I want to know what you think. So I don't really have any specific criteria because I think that it changes depending on who you're against and what you're against. So yeah. a threat assessment at the, the... And this comes back to also our conversation about rule zero for me. Threat assessment isn't something that you can, you know, teach a beginner. Like, if anything, apart from the stack, threat assessment is probably the most complex part of magic. Well, this is why we talk about, you know, if you're confused, just be like, if I could blow up one thing, one creature, yeah. Yeah. what should it be? You go with the other two guys. And yeah. then you wait for everyone <laughs> to tell you, and I mean, then you just do that. <laughs> there are times that you definitely know. Like, there's there's times where even if you're a beginner, you're new, you look at a board and you say, this person's ahead no matter what. If they're like, I have Razakath out, it's sometimes Or just like so obvious. much stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, you know. When we were sitting there on Wednesday night, and three players had as much as as the other player did on Thrun. Yeah. You know, they had nine creatures, and Thrun was swinging for 21, and the rest of us, had, I think I had the biggest creature at 1-3. Like, there was, yeah. obviously, the threat <laughs> yeah. was on one side of the board. Except none of us could fish for anything. We didn't win. <laughs> Thrun won. But, uh, but Thrun and a rampaging Baloth kind of... Kind of and Nylea. Nylea did it in. The and trample. Yes, the, the trample, trample did and, it the, in. and the uh, the pump. We yep. just couldn't find anything to stop it. No, no. So um, there are times like that where you don't really need threat assessment, and really you have such a target-rich environment that you can yeah. pretty much pick anything at that point. I mean, yeah. I think at that point there was Nylea, Rampaging Bayloth, a Blanchwood armor on Thrun. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, just be, you just pick something. It's going to hurt. Just hit something but, green. Yeah, but... Uh, but in the case of, for example, um, you're sitting at a board, one player has Smothering Tithe, one player has Ristic Study, and the other player has a really good creature. Yeah. You know, that's where threat assessment sort of comes into play, which one is the most threatening card at that time. Yeah, and it's tough because it depends on the deck. It depends on your knowledge of the, your deck. And their deck. And their deck, and their general. We really don't know the deck, but their knowledge of their general. Yep. Um, so if it's a passive general... You can look and say, like, if someone's on a Loro and they have a Ristic study, oh, well, I'm probably not as worried about that because that right. general's probably on life gain or some sort of, like, Aether yeah. Flux sort of line. Yeah. Um, whereas if someone's on, like, you know, Aristocrats and they already have three pieces out, then... Yeah. Know. Well, that's... So if you want, uh, you can you can talk about my, my three criteria I thought of with thre- threat assessment uh, is three things you have to watch for is, uh, will it kill you? Yes. Then you should probably kill it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. when someone swings lethal or just it's obviously going to be lethal, um, then it needs to go away. And this is what we talk about with counterspells, too. Yeah. Don't waste your counterspells. I did this uh, recently. Uh, someone was playing Arcades, and I countered Arcades because I thought they were going to swing, like, 15 damage at me and mess me up. Uh, and then about two turns later, I wish I had a counterspell um, because they – their walls deck stopped doing anything and suddenly <laughs> I was against someone who I really needed and it was like I should have taken that 15 damage it yep. wouldn't have killed me I just got like nervous about it and I screwed it up um, so that was that was bad assessment um, 
because I, I should have just taken the damage and then tried to talk my way out of them <laughs> killing <laughs> me a turn later. And that's the thing. Um, Continue. Yeah. So will it kill you? Uh, does it provide too much value? So if it's like, uh, uh, I had this recently, someone was playing uh, the eggs deck mm -hmm. and they had an Ashnod's altar. And so they cast their commander, and then I obviously blew up the Ashnod's Ashnod's altar, altar yeah. because it was going to give them far too much value. Yep. Couldn't stay on the board if they could just instantly sack all of their eggs. Definitely. Um, so that was going to be it. And then uh, the other one is, is it part of a combo? You know, if it's yes. if it's one half of a combo, uh, then obviously it can't stay. If someone's playing a Loro and drops Ether Flux Reservoir, you you're going to have to blow up the yeah, Ether Flux yeah. Reservoir right away yes. because a Loro is going to gain you life, and then you're going to lose. Yeah. Um, even though that's the weakest of combos. Um, we don't play a lot of combos because we don't play no, no. infinite. But uh, those are the things that I think you got to watch for, and you got to make sure that you're not just sort of tempted to blow up something annoying you. Yeah, so um, threat assessment also comes down to what you said earlier. Uh, there is a portion of threat assessment that, that sort of deals with the fact that even if you choose not to deal with a piece, an obvious piece, you can sometimes sort of negotiate slash discuss your way through suffering from that piece so like you said you should you know you should have let arcades hit take the damage and then yeah. sort of talk your way out of or <laughs> like, like not eliminating yeah, discuss <laughs> why you shouldn't die um yes. whereas and i mean it, and in a play group there's always you know it's it's easy it's easy to say and difficult to do you know you shouldn't let grudges or anything carry on as we explained grudges, grudges carry on ago that like I literally the <laughs> two of us carried on game. grudges for three games the other night uh, at a tournament <laughs> um, me and Evan just emptied both of our barrels at each other until the other two players just knowledge pooled us or whatever they did yeah it was uh, bad but threat assessment is always in that vein of, of sort of one of those things like I said to beat back around the bush of you you, you have to understand the game fundamentally you have to understand like yeah. what pieces need removal yeah what pieces look powerful but aren't you know and what yeah. pieces look weak but aren't i mean and magic changes you know to bring up a card that you know you, you force a will when force of will first came out <laughs> force was, of will was a garbage card it was a great card and everyone didn't throw them in the garbage no of course not i definitely <laughs> didn't throw away at least a half dozen like <laughs> you know or just let them get lost yeah. it, it's it's the ability to identify sort of the the threats and yeah. that's just using a weird example because in game, Force of Will is obviously a crazy good card. It's better than uh, Force of Negation, as I complain no, about. Oh, you Facebook and your Force of Negations. Um, they, the card sucks. But fight for, me over like, it. <laughs> a card, like just thinking as an example of a card that looks weak but is actually really potent, is, uh, and in fact, one of the players that plays in our play group who recently started playing Magic brought it up as Ashnod's Altar. Yeah, because Ashnod's or Phyrexian Altar. The the player asked me yeah. why would he run Phyrexian Altar over Ashnod's? You run them both. You run them both, but also <laughs> Phyrexian produces color, color, which does help a lot. Yeah, I was like, you if you have an X spell in hand, you want the Ashnod's, but if you have yeah. anything that you need to cast, <laughs> you yeah, Ashnod's Altar this. doesn't help when you run out of color mana. Yes, so I mean Phyrexian Altar when you compare the two, especially cost wise. I mean Canadian, you have one at seventy dollars and one at ten. Yes, and I think that's because... That's I, reprint as I well. I think Ashnod's Altar might have been on the list. Because um, Phyrexian Altar came back in, like, uh, it came back in Ultimate, one of them. Yeah. the least Ultimate Masters set that's yes. named Ultimate Masters. Um, but that was still a while ago, so it dipped and then went back up. And Phyrexian, yeah, Phyrexian Altar, uh, Ashnod's Altar was in the base, it was in Legends, and then it got reprinted in Chronicles, which really yeah. helped drop its price. Yes. But even so, Phyrexian Altar is a more powerful card. Yeah. 
you know, the color. I sort of treat them both as the equal threats, though, because they are usually but to a new player. They're in an aristocrat deck, and the whole point yeah. is any free sack outlet is. Oh, of course. Is what they're but using see, for. you and I understand what an aristocrat deck was. Yes. <laughs> is if you go to a player who's played Magic for five months and you said, "Tell me five pieces that go in an aristocrat deck," yeah. they'd be like, "What's an aristocrat deck?" Yeah. And I mean, I played Magic for ten years. 12 years before, you know, it was explained to me what an aristocrat deck was. I mean, uh, did it exist before like 2 years ago? Uh, well, it existed. I feel like it's mostly a commander thing. No, it's a it's a modern. My buddy played modern. No. It, there was an aristocrat so like a black something. white vampire. No. Oh, I don't okay. think it was good. Oh, well, but sure. Um like Ruby Storm. It's <laughs> <a> good deck. <laughs> um so yeah, so uh, threat assessment does require a fundamental knowledge of for commander, especially of what a commander does. And again, well, this it, comes back to what you said: if you don't know what a commander does, ask, and even yeah. ask the player how you win. So the rule zero yeah. conversation sort of spreads into that. And most people, if you go like, "What's the worst thing?" Someone will be like, "It's the thing I have." Like, yeah. I'm not even going to pretend. There's very few times two other people yeah. are going to point it out to you. There's very few times that you know if a, if there's a bunch of garbage on the board, and then someone literally has like a smothering tithe that they're not going to be like, "Well, that's not the most dangerous one." No, uh, what are you talking about? That retreat to uh, Kazandu is way worse than this. <laughs> like, that's but, not going to happen. But some of it's like. Um, like I think, uh, like Ristic study uh, can be bad if no one has mana. Or like I was playing a storm deck, yeah. uh, and um, and obviously a guy played Ristic study. That's really bad for me for storm. Yeah. Uh, importantly, I stormed out and he drew like ten cards, and the best he could do was a uh, for force of negation. <laughs> but by that point, he had to counter my treasonous ogre, which he couldn't. Uh, at which point I had so much mana, it didn't matter. Yeah. You could counter one thing, it wasn't going to stop me. Um, hence why I was complaining about the card. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I saw that as a problem, and I'm playing red. What am I supposed to do? So I just had to play through it and cross my fingers. Yeah. But, man, would I have made an argument if someone could remove <laughs> an enchantment to be like, that thing is the worst. It's the worst for me, and we've talked about this, that one thing you got to recognize is when someone gives their opinion about something, they're doing it to help themselves. There's never an, an, an <laughs> altruistic comment in magic. No, you give up and say it's mine, but yeah. only because you know there's no point. But in even arguing. when when I'm arguing for someone else's card, I'm not doing it out of the kindness of my heart. I'm doing it because if you can take it out, then I have a better shot. Yeah, at it increases both <laughs> of ours, but it increases mine yeah. more importantly. Uh, related to that, I have uh, a pet peeve that I want to uh, get on the record here. Uh, which is this. Uh, don't make deals to prevent someone destroying your thing. Just be rational and argue, but don't make deals. I hate when people are like, uh, if you don't blow that up, uh, I'll do this or whatever. Because yeah. getting, getting an unknown favor is horrible. Uh, you wouldn't do it in so life. You wouldn't be like, uh, Brian, if you don't do this, I'll just... Just ask me anything later, and yeah. be like, "Well, that's a terrible deal." So just be like, "Don't blow look, it up man, for the following look, reasons." Look, <laughs> if you don't blow it up, I'll do anything you want. Blow me. <laughs> well, that's what you they, would. I mean, me. that's what I would say, right, just to well, see to, if it would happen. Um, um, so obviously, <laughs> like uh, I said, you could just sort of rationally be like, "Don't blow this up. I'm going to use it to do this," or yeah. "That thing's way worse," and you can argue for it. But just never make a deal. It's like if you don't blow this up, I won't attack you. One of the downsides you, you, of, of YouTube No one should accept is, that deal for the first part. And I've seen it even <laughs> spreading into the newer uh, popular... It feels like almost everyone online is big on these deals. Well, that's because of the we're popularity. Like the fringe. I mean, you know, I'm going to say it because I don't care anymore about it. But like the Command Zone <laughs> and I Hate Your Deck. 
Sure. Uh, both sort of lead the charge. And I Hate Your Deck wasn't originally, but even in a few episodes, I've seen them make deals. I've seen it too. And it's like, that's the worst thing for Magic. Yeah. There's, there, it, it's not here to be dealt. You're not the, here to the make worst these deals. I do is someone goes, I'm going to blow that up and be like, then I'm going to blow up your stuff. Yeah, we've, we talked about and that then, cowboy diplomacy where you're just it threatening like, it. Gunboat diplomacy yeah. where you're just threatening each other. And then you just blow their thing up with a spite, yep. and then you. That's you bad threat assessment. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Um, <laughs> no, every time someone's like trying to make it, it's like, no, I'm just going to. It's the same thing of like, if you say you have a counter spell, yep. I'm going to play into it because otherwise you hold me hostage and everyone's too afraid to play. Yes. So I have to make you burn it. Yep. That's yep. what I have to do. Not cut deals. <laughs> just no. make you burn it. I, again, because eventually you'll just run out of deals. Yeah, or yeah. someone's going to make a deal that's going to screw you over because yep. they're going to be like, give me a pass, and then they're going to just roll over you with, like, and crater hoof immediately. Yeah, immediately. And win. then a logical person would go, well, screw this deal. I'm going to counter I'm that. I'm just going to destroy you yeah. in response. Um, but for some reason, uh, these people haven't played enough Risk, I think. <laughs> because, like, Risk is the game that you play to learn that you can never trust anyone. Well, Because someone will always the game. You. The game nowadays to play and you can really just learn who you're playing with is the Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was going to say, you had There's someone that left your gaming group. He doesn't play games with me anymore. Because of Game of Thrones. Yes. Because you backstabbed him. Because my wife and I were playing with him and another friend of ours, and we ended up wiping him out of the game, which is not something that happens in that game. It's like a yeah. random one in a million time that you actually can't do anything. <laughs> and he just called his wife and left, and I have ne I've, I've never seen him in person since. We talked <laughs> online, like we've, we we chat and we're good, yeah. but like I don't know if I'll ever game with him again. Like he, it broke him. It feels like we're jerks, but I just I don't understand people who trust people in games. The problem like, with the problem with making a deal like that for me is that it goes beyond like we talked about just a couple minutes ago. The holding grudges things like that's the type of thing that actually makes you hold that grudge for like multiple games. Oh yeah, when like they if, break it. Yeah, like, so. Like, me and you are about to play Magic after this. After the podcast, we have a buddy coming over. My wife's going to play. If one of us makes, like, a deal and then yeah. you break it, the rest of the night, that's <laughs> your enemy. Yes. And you know it. Like, if I break a deal with you, I know that maybe even for the next few nights we play, yes. you know, I'm not going to be able to turn but, my back on you. <laughs> yes. I would like to say in my defense of our, uh, our, our struggle in our Wednesday game, uh, the new player did win, which I think was a victory on our part. Yes, they did win. They did. Yeah. So I feel like uh, I'm okay with how things turned Look, out. Look, I'm totally fine with how it turned out. I was just, I was just at the moment know, upset over your incredibly <laughs> poor decision making skills. Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. At, I, I, most of them were good, but yeah, there the was Vandal one Blast, was, the overload of Vandal Blast was fine. Yeah. Uh, the single target removal spells that were literally just pointed at me. I was like, there's like at the end when you blew up my sword and the only permanents I had were my sword and my general. I was like, I can hit the person who's going to win for three. And you're like, no, no. All right. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. They would have won anyway. <laughs> True. Um, but uh, the other thing I think is, and this might just be my gameplay, uh, is uh, I don't like when people team up. It bugs the hell out of me, and I think this is from Risk. Yeah. No, when yeah. two people yeah. team up, the appropriate response is every other player teams up because yeah. they got to – otherwise – everyone's playing against a team of two. So if there's two other players, you're now in two teams. If now, there's three other players, it's three against two. In fairness, I've only seen that happen in tournaments. Yeah, but no, what I mean is, though, if, if, I, if I were to go, Brian, let's cut this deal, you don't stop me, and then I'll give you a pass. I feel like the other two players should be like, 
Should we do something uh, like should this? Should we just destroy both of yeah. them and ignore yeah. each other? Because what is this bullshit they're pulling? Yeah, I mean... But people don't of, do that. What type of socialist <laughs> bullshit is this? Is like, this... if they're going to play two-headed giant... Is this be... the Canadian government yeah. <laughs> that we're facing here? The debate yesterday was a little bit... Uh, well, we wasn't as bad as We could have a whole other podcast <laughs> about that. Um, we're in the middle of an election for all of the uh, <laughs> listeners. Uh, they should, uh, from the U.S., they should know that I believe legally they're only allowed to campaign for four weeks. It's true, yeah. So um, early voting, I think I can vote today. Um, the election, Is it today? Uh, I got a thing in the mail saying I could vote today, Okay. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is 11 days early. And I believe you could vote before today, but I can't remember how. You could, so the veterans could? Um, this is important for the U.S. People, where they people think who are like in like long-term early care facilities. Voting cheating, yeah. Because they can't get out? So right. they, they, for example, I work in a long-term care facility. They set up those yep. people in veterans' hospitals, right. people in hospitals. So, like, yeah. if you can't make it to a voting poll, they Pretty did sure set up. Pretty sure my parents voted. I just can't remember how, like, two days ago. Yeah, they might But have. I think the early polls are today, which is, uh, for the record, if everyone wants to do the math, I believe 11 days before Election uh, Day. What day is today, actually? Uh, is tomorrow the big day? Tomorrow's the big day that Trump goes uh, and uh, and becomes a sports announcer. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else important about tomorrow. <laughs> September 11th. No, there's nothing, no. <laughs> nothing else that really happened. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nothing that affected me personally. I just want to say that up here in Canada. Um, uh, were you not part of? So we'll just let people in on some trivia here. There is a World Trade and Convention Center here where we <laughs> yeah, live. Yeah, there is. And yeah. on September 11th, you would be surprised at how many people thought that they flew planes into the World Trade and Convention <laughs> I Center. I would not be surprised. In downtown our city. I would not be and surprised. And people were like, I'm pretty sure I would have heard of that. Yeah. The city's not that big. And heard it. <laughs> yes. Probably would have heard it. Uh, uh, but anyway, back to magic instead of insulting our southern neighbors. Um. Threat assessment, though, is also one of those things, apart from keeping an eye on your, your opponent's decks and stuff like that, you do have to have an intimate knowledge of your own deck. Because if you're in something like Mono Green, your sole removal is essentially Beast Within. For anything. Yeah, this is what so, I was talking about. Ristic Study. What, how am yeah. I going to get rid of it? Yeah, yeah. In Mono Red, have you have warp. Chaos Warp. So, like, in, in, in Mono Green, Mono Red, uh, even Mono Blue, once it's resolved, yeah, your options are very limited as to how you to get rid of it. it. That's not permanent. So you have to like, like you said, yeah. delay action with your with your bounce effect in the last tournament yeah. we played in. But so, you really have to be able to judge when to get rid of someone or why. Yeah. Something. Sorry, not someone. You should always get rid of players. But uh, so you can't use your chaos warp willy nilly. No, you can't just chaos warp like a, like a soul ring just to be foolish because now you've lost it. Yeah. And that's your only removal <laughs> for anything else other than yeah. artifacts. Yeah. They go put uh, Imprison in the Moon on your commander. And now you and can your never Chaos get your commander in your back. Yes. Yeah, like, good yeah. job. Yeah. So uh, it's it's always, uh, like, if you're playing Black, White, Orzhov, you probably have multiple responses. You can be a little bit more sort of open about what you remove. Yeah. White, Black can pretty much remove everything in the game. Yes. Built properly. Yeah. Well, um, no one does that. No, but Green, Red. You know, if you're in Gruul... You have, to make, you have to make those choices count unless they're artifacts. Black can sort of get rid of enchantments now. Two ways. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, great. But, I mean, again, it, it all depends upon your deck build. And, I actually, I was very upset at that EDH group we're part of in Facebook. And I, I almost <laughs> oh, what now? started an argument. Because you know, a while ago, uh, online, YouTube, uh, the Command Zone did the thing where they did, like, 
how you should build a deck and how many pieces of removal you should run. Yeah, that was a while ago. It was, but they upped their number to like yeah, five I to think ten. That was like last, and then five board wipes, blah blah blah. Time kind does of thing. make sense. It could have been a month. It ago, was during the know. pandemic. Sure, that narrows it down. <laughs> we got a year and a half. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this guy online was asking how he should build his deck. He didn't know how to balance it, and then someone posted something from obviously a while ago. And it was like, run five or less removal pieces and five Ooh. or less board wipes. And I was like, that, I want to get angry at you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm worked up right now. Like, And even in the removal part, it said, this includes counter spells. And I was like, that is the worst piece of advice I've ever seen anyone offer. Yeah. We, if you uh, we argue run, like 10. I run minimum 10 Yeah, in most decks. Now, in the Tano's like deck, I have a that couple you, with a little bit less. Yeah, in the Tano's deck that I played the other night with you, there's probably only four, but that's because I have a lot of creature based removal with ETBs and stuff. Yes. But, I mean,. Five. That's incredible. Like that. The odds of drawing it are like none. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the point of putting like, it in if, your deck? If you're like, yeah, it's I like got sideboarding it. a single variant of a card in your 60 card deck and then going like, I'm going to hit it. I'm hitting it's gonna, it. It's going to, it's really going to do what I need it to do. <laughs> <laughs> On like no draw. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to draw a turn. I'm going to get there. But the, uh, it blew me away because it's like, this is what's being pushed out. His ideas like this, but, where but again, I think it comes from one the battle cruiser don't mess with people mentality that we we do not ascribe to because we say blow up everything, uh, and the CDH which is more about comboing and playing, Encountering, playing but with yourself. I actually don't think it's about the battle cruiser way because the battle cruiser way would run removal for when. But that makes people sad. That, but, but what this is about <laughs> is it's about the greed of only using your combo. Yeah, I think it's the I race. Th I think that's it. Is once you put all the things that are going to make your combo work, uh, <clears throat> then you're done. Yeah, and you'll just assume that no one will ever do anything to and stop just you. After that, you just run the best cards of your colors. Yeah, right? well, it's, it's it's a weird thing too, where like uh, removal tends to be fairly cheap if you were to add it to your deck. There's only the occasional one, like uh, like Assassin's Trophy, that somehow like peaks yeah like deadly um, rollick or assassin's trophy that break the ten dollar mark even yeah. path now because it's been reprinted is like under 10 bucks it's like three or four bucks it's yeah sorts of plowshares might have gone up i don't know why it's even um, then two bucks because everyone's probably know. got six of them this is all canadian money too yeah. guys so you people with the real non-monopoly sure. money you're good <laughs> um but like and you know like <clears throat> damnation but it's mostly due to prince but it's not like there isn't three other things you could you play can put, you could put like wrath of god route and day of judgment in your deck for under 15 dollars yeah, like they're like, they're cheap. Yeah, because they're not in demand. Because they're not flashy. There was a point where unless you're playing Tegrid, when I was in not flashy. when I was playing sixty card, there was a point where Tegrid. Wrath of Gods were twenty five to thirty dollars a pop. Yeah, that makes sense. <coughs> they're like five bucks now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, <laughs> and they haven't been printed in forever. They're not going to be printed again, except in secret uh, layers. By the way, have you seen this? Uh, I talked about this uh, when we when we review the new set. Mm -hmm. This is the first set that looks good. To me, for a it's while, it's looking decent. Um, they they have uh, what's probably the best white board uh, board wipe ever printed, because it's Blasphemous Act. It's like wow. two and six, and it costs one less for each creature on the battlefield, which means oh, it's wow. mostly going to be a two drop destroy all creatures. Cool. So it's like that's like the best board wipe ever printed. Well, I so mean, my recommendation now is to go get that card. I mean, the reason why, and this is off topic, the reason why Damnation and Wrath of God are so good is because Wrath of God was printed during the Barry days, which yep. means you can't regenerate, Yep. and Damnation was just uh, uh, color-shifted. Like it's the thing where Damnation uh, and Toxic Deluge are like the 
oh, the cheapest blackboard wipes. Like They're everything sort of, else is like six or more. Five or more. So Crux is five. Sure. And then it runs from and there. Crux is a dollar. Yeah. If you Crux get should ripped be, off. For the record, <laughs> Crux of Fate should be running every black deck if you're running casual. Yeah. If you're um, if you're not playing CDH, that's a and you can run grab. that instead of Damnation and Easily. one in Easily. fifty games, you're gonna get screwed up because you have to kill both dragons <laughs> and people. If you have the <laughs> option of buying a Cabal coffers for ten dollars more than a Damnation, buy the Cabal coffers and run Crux of Fate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then you can always afford it. Yeah, and be sure to put Urborg in that deck. But I said I don't think they're right. They're, right. Yeah, uh, Brian has a grudge against people who play Urborg. And in, in mono black decks uh, because they're all swamps anyway. Why do people do that? I, and then uh, the weird thing is, is someone online was like, I've never seen anyone do that. I was like, there's like four people in our playgroup who have done this, and it, it yeah. burns me. Yeah. Are we just like part of the idiot playgroup? I don't know if these people just don't understand. I don't know. I don't want to call anyone out. I, I feel I like just call them have, idiots. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen. I don't care if they do. Uh, I think it's people just have them. I don't know. I Look, don't own a coffer. I'll put so. it on record. If you run Urborg in a mono black deck, I, you're an idiot in my book. That's what I'm going to put on in the there show, right now. Make this defend a radio it. college. We'll show. defend it. You have to come tell me that Force Negation doesn't suck in Commander. <laughs> and you have to go <laughs> you know what? why Urban. We're going to have an God. upcoming episode on Podbean Live. And we you should. can call in we and should. tell us why we suck at things, and we will tell you why you suck instead. <laughs> and we'll have a fun. grand time doing this. <laughs> we'll have to just come up with controversial topics and be like, call in and just pick one of them. <laughs> tell us. Yeah, it'll be good. Ivermectin kills Ristic Study. Um, so. By <laughs> 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 so, gold. So, uh, removal. Target. Uh, Let's get so back I, on so I have one more thing, <laughs> okay. um, which is, um, uh, well, I guess there might be two things. Uh, I as I guess this could be another topic someone can tell me is great. Uh, I don't like cards that have counter stapled to it, but other abilities. Uh, Cryptic Command is about the only one I'll play because the problem is countering a spell is too powerful that when you burn <coughs> it to do its other ability... Yeah. You're going to wish you had a counterspell like a turn later. Yeah. So you can only use it if you have another counterspell. So you're talking so about spells like Mystic Confluence. Uh, um, yes. The other one that says choose one or the other. It's I counter think there's or one like of the Zendikar flip lands. And all I can imagine is playing that land and then wishing you had a counterspell. <laughs> I think it's like a force spike kind of. Like it's not great. But there's other ones uh, I've complained where like the cards that do everything. There's a bunch of blue ones recently. Um, yeah, there was a blue one, one that you could choose one or the other. So Mystic Confluence is the yeah. choose three. Uh, you can choose the same mode more than once. Counter target spell yeah, unless it's to place three. Return target creature to its own hand. Draw a card. You never do that unless you're countering a spell. Which means it's exactly. a counter spell with a bunch of flash to it. With things on it. Yeah. But yeah. But you have to counter it because if you play it without the counter spell, you've pitched a counter spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Which I think is too powerful for uh, wasting it that way. So, I mean, um, there, are, there are times. So, for example, if uh, I'm in blue, there are definitely moments, and this is one of those things that I do hate people saying this sort of what about, uh, where, you know, um, someone has something out that makes things uncounterable, someone has a rhythm of the wild out. Right. Right. I can't counter your creatures anyway. Why don't I just bounce one and draw two cards or bounce two and draw a card? Sure. Totally. I mean, if they have a really wild bouncing, it isn't isn't the best move. It's just going to come back. Bouncing creature is what I mean. come back with it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's an instant, so you do sure. it on their turn. Yeah. Uh, but so those are times when I can see you doing that without a counterspell. Now, Cryptic Command should never be used as a counterspell. 
because its other ones are way too potent. Uh, tapping all your opponent's creatures is like a really legit good. play. Like that's um, a and huge that's maybe play. the only difference on why it's okay is just because you can find a time where you go, if I tap everything, I can kill you. Um, or you don't die. It's like yeah. a, it's it's a, it's cyclonic <laughs> rift. It's yeah. A poor man's rift, where it's like, yeah. I can either kill you now or not die. Yeah, and usually what I try to do is wait for them to play something, then counter it and tap all their creatures. But my goal was to tap all their creatures. Yeah, I was just yeah. trying not to burn the spell. For just a draw. But there are a bunch like that, and I don't like them uh, for that reason. Now, because I, mean, I think the removal part is better than the value part. Um, yeah, but but mostly because the value is like an add-on that they seem to throw in, like the draw yeah. card, which seems to be tagged onto all of those. Well, it's a blue card. Kind of just like, but I mean, <laughs> it's because I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, but it's kind of <laughs> just like sort of a garbage throw-in. Yeah, because for one mana, I can draw a card in blue easily. Yeah, I could draw three and put two back. In fact, it's with it's a state. Believe there's a powerful card that says that. Yeah, in fact, if I have a very powerful card that's illegal in Commander, I can just draw three. Yeah. <laughs> I should just add draw three to every card. Just draw three on everything. Um, so I have this uh, of um, I can't really exactly remember why I wrote this down, but uh, I want to talk about Perplexing Chimera. Oh, um, only one. because it was on my head. Because Perplexing Chimera is not to be played uh, as any sort of like threat removal. No. People play it and go like, ha ha ha. Um, you, it's literally like playing this spell can't be countered. That's what it actually is. So, but what it what my note here is um, is to make sure you remember that uh, someone will often hold back um, if they know if you tutor for removal or something, um, or if you start threatening a board wipe or something. People are going to hold back their best stuff. Yes, just like that's how you deal with perplexing chimera. Is you have to be like, I'm going to cast this and make you take it because then the good things going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So the best you have to response to watch that with threat is that you don't blow up something and then immediately need it the, a second later. The best response <laughs> to perplexing chimera is to immediately board wipe regardless of what you have. Yeah. You don't care. Yeah. If the next player just blasphemous acts. Yeah. Or you go solved. I'm going to blow up their commander because I think that's how they're trying to win. Yeah. And then they have to stop you. Yeah. Like you have to force it because otherwise they're going to go do their combo thing. Yep. And when you try to counter it, they're going to take it with Perplexing so Chimera. So <laughs> I, uh, I was playing in a tournament once where I played Perplexing Chimera, and then I traded it with a player whose cat, he was on Mono White, and I took something that he really needed. And then I immediately followed that with a clone. Sure. Yeah, then the game and then falls I was like, apart. And then I was <laughs> like, which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and so he immediately took the clone, made a clone of Perplexing Chimera. I had a Perplexing Chimera, and then I right replicated my Perplexing Chimera. <laughs> and then he took it, and then I had two, and he had five, and then we just went in a, in a spiral. Yeah, that would be just bad. Just ridiculousness. But it's, perplexing Chimera is the best blue stacks piece I've ever seen. It, yeah. It, it because if really you don't messes have up the game. a counterspell or a board wipe, it stalls everyone out. Yeah. No one can afford to cast anything. And like the the new walking like an, a, archaic or whatever, wandering archaic is similar, but <laughs> you can just pay two, so yeah, you can get for, around only it. for instance and sorceries, and yeah. it's like, but the chimera could take anything, yeah, and you just get a three three that does this, like it keeps going around, yeah, it's it's really irritating, but uh, it just points out that the fact that you got to watch when someone appears to be holding back. Uh, and usually it'll happen if everyone starts talking about blowing stuff up. They might just sort of so hold back on something and be Chimera's like, I've got to save this for after the board yeah. wipe. Chimera, even on the part of the player who cast it, though, more on the part of the player who cast it, is actually an excellent uh, sort of um, example of um, threat assessment. 
So if I have a perplexing chimera out, yep. I, you know, I'm having fun, obviously. It's going to be fun. Obviously. But you no have to is. be able to decide <laughs> which spell to take. Yes. Right? You and can't it's... just take the first one. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I'll be honest, I screw up with that because you're laughing too much about the fact that everyone hates it. <laughs> yes. It's right? so hard to play the card. That's it's... what I said. You have to play it and then immediately try to combo out because otherwise yeah. you're going to screw it out. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, if I had enough, if I ever built a deck again with it, I would just run Perplexing then. And then write a replication immediately. Be like, now I get the next six. Just Sakashima. <laughs> I would never give someone Sakashima. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, that has to be your partner commander. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can clone. Clone. And then you can cl- mm, yeah, yeah. Just uh, make a clone deck that's. Uh, but yeah, so Perplexing Chimera is an excellent example of how to actually get threat assessment. Maybe that's how you can learn. That, that's a, go, yeah. go play Perplexing Chimera and, and then, then see how badly you screw up. It. Yes. Because the and first time you it. take the wrong spell, you'll be like, well, I should have waited. Like, yeah. you know, because everyone plays the swords to plowshares and, you know, the next creature kills them. And they're like, well, that was still a threat. But Perplexing Chimera is like, you, you it does it before it resolves. There's no yeah. threat until you decide there's a threat. So yeah. it's it's a very it's, it's a very good card for learning. It's also huh. good if you have a meta that doesn't play removal. Oh, yeah. Because the only way to get rid of it is to straight up try to remove it. Yes. Because then it forces their hand. So if your meta yeah. plays five removal and doesn't draw it, you wait and watch as the perplexing chimera just runs the whole as table. As you just hear the sighs. Like, I remember <laughs> playing it online and, hearing, and then you know, people are like, oh, oh. Well, online's annoying because like, you can't pass the perplexing Well, chimera. I would just write it up, but like. You know, but you just hear people who are like, I can't even play this card because you yeah. just take it. And it's like, well, that's the whole point of it. Like, that's the point of the card. You know what? Play standstill. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Another great card. Yep. But no, uh, so threat it's, assessment. It's, uh, decree of the, silence. Uh, Someone's got a decree of silence. You have to just burn it right away. Just, yeah, you cast three spells immediately. Just be yeah. like, yep. guys, remember me. And then pitch <laughs> three spells and then just get rid of it. <laughs> but in closing... Uh, Threat assessment is kind of like the idea of, of being able to discern what is important on the field. So yeah. we've we've named a couple of cards that are important. Um, Should we just name the rest of them? I want to throw out a couple okay. that you might not you might not as a new player. Like I, I'm going to throw uh, these these out. It's coffers. Uh, okay, let's, let's just calm down with the sarcasm. <laughs> but uh, but cards that as a new player might not look important. Sure. But are pretty important. Yeah. So white has a bunch of enchantments that tap things as they come into play. Yes. All of those are terrifying Kismet, to play against. Blind well, Kismet you should always kill. Kismet and uh, um, uh, fr- frozen, frozen aether. aether, man, they are brutal. So those should always be killed. But yeah, <laughs> blind obedience. Um, what's the other one? The one should always, but they're always a good target. Is what I'm yes. Um, there's another one, another uh, white one. They have a couple. Uh, authority of the consoles. Yeah. I think. So yeah. Uh, those are always good targets. Yep. Uh, in green, any elf that produces mana, especially if it yes. produces more than one. Yes. So a priest of Titania, a Marwyn, um, the elvish archdruid, they all look sort of innocuous until they tap for 12. Guy's cradle. Okay. Again, <laughs> again. any of that land except yeah. the red one, blow them up. We discussed this. That um, if they made Shiv and Gorge not have a tap ability, it would be good. If it was yes. three to a damage, yeah. no tapping, uh, it would be the best mana sink uh, what would you say for red is probably the most potent. Red? Uh, like innocuously red's, dangerous. It's weird because I most think of them are like, like you stranglehold people want yeah. to destroy. I think you run obvious. it though. Uh, I think my number one card that doesn't look as potent as it is would be Flame Shadow Conjuring. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, because the double ETBs will be in say Panharmonicon, but that one's 
uh, not a red Artifacts one. are tough, though, because one. artifacts are almost always dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's another red one? Because, uh, like, the obvious ones are, like, the stacks ones. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like more, uh, or Possibility like, Storm. Or, like, Cranko or something is obviously sure. what you would <laughs> yeah. kill, like. Uh, but I mean, otherwise, um, fire the the uh, flame shadow looks not dangerous. Same yeah. with vicious shadows, which I run in my goblins yes. to seven drop. But it, oh man, it'll that win you the screws game. people like, up. They the don't game. realize that uh, repercussion because no one understands the card. No, that's true. Um, but other ones, one I find is uh, the new dragon that has warstorm surge on it. Oh yeah, that that's a brutal one. Yeah. Because you only really realize it when someone casts a bunch of creatures. When it starts, going and then off. you're like, well, it's already yeah. on the stack. So now if I blow it up, it doesn't. Also solve my problem. The, uh, uh, that one, like, you got to kill it right away. The uh, yeah, and so then in white, there's the, white's a little different. Apart from the tap down, we already are, covered those. But what whites else? Whites are staxy. Um, the smothering tithe, obviously. Well, that's an obvious one. Uh, Underworld breach is the red one. Another. But you kind of have to blow it up at it immediately. Speed. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> um, another white one. A white one. Uh, I'm skipping over blue because uh, blue doesn't I'm, really matter. They're yeah, all targets. I'm trying to think of. Um, I don't think there are any more super valuable ones because there's just like there's just keeper of the accord ones. is a good target that you don't see often that people tend to ignore because you have to be ahead of them. Yeah, but that catch up mechanic is so good in white. Yeah, because there's always some idiot who's way ahead. Yeah, yeah. And there's, then now there's some there's green player with like ahead. twelve land, and you have seven uh, now. Mangara can draw you a ton of cards. Mangara's huge too. Yeah, both uh, Mangaras are actually yeah. really huge. Well, the one that taps to exile something is. Once it, once it can do that, combo. <laughs> you uh, it's too late. Um, but uh, yeah, white doesn't have a ton. No, and blue and artifact are both in the same range. Anything that draws a anything, ton of cards, yeah. uh, like necropotence, obviously. Yeah, um, that's um, that value part. Uh, anything that doubles mana. The is probably really bad. Uh, Fire Emancipation should probably be blown up pretty well, quickly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Bastion of Remembrance should probably be killed in black. Yes. Uh, All the aristocrats. Any free sack outlet yeah, is usually outlet. blown up. Uh, like Razakath. Viscerous Ear uh, Viscerous is like Ear. a classic one. That uh, if you're even new... that stupid little uh, the can't block Karen feeder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah. Or the, the grave, that's what they need. grave crawler as well. You should always try to exile that. Well, yeah, that one's hard because it just keeps coming back. But, um, but yeah, any of those little one-drop piddly ones, like especially the viscerous here, because it's it's not combat related at all. It's a zero one. Yeah. It actually can't hurt you. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a free sack out in a scry. Yeah. Um, Sir Conrad. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about not <laughs> obvious ones. It's like, oh, well, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll just get rid of Well, him. sometimes one or two you damage. You should probably counter Torment to Hellfire. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good counter. Uh, uh, Blood Chief's Ascension is Blood bad Ascension. when Mind Crank's on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. It's just a common <laughs> combo. You know, just, a, just a little little piece. I got hit by that a couple of weeks ago. Oh. At, at, <laughs> uh, infinite's allowed, and it was amazing how Rough. little anyone tried to stop it. Uh, but I believe I was playing uh, Mono Red. And I couldn't get rid of it, and then he dropped the mind yep. crank, and by that point it was too late. <laughs> uh, one that I mentioned already was uh, was um, Rhythm of the Wild. should always be destroyed if you can have an option to do it. Yeah, that one's good. That tends to get out of control. A lot of these cards, too, are cards that are played in decks that 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 have a focus on them. Yeah. So, like, Rhythm of the Wild is only going to be in a deck where you're going to see a lot of creatures come out. Someone's not yeah. going to put in a deck with 11 creatures. Like, Well, they might. They might. They're but doing it badly. Yeah, exactly. The, the trick is usually uh, just figure out what killed you. Make a mental note to maybe blow it up next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always a, that's never a bad yeah. plan. Do you want to try for some random commanders? Yeah, we'll do a random commander. We say try because sometimes they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, sometimes. Uh, they are. Last week last was time. good. Last week was I good. Do not in any way remember what they were. So you will but start I do this week. They were good. Sweet. We're at the whim of the internet here for. Uh, here we go. Oh, we got it. Uh, a deck I've always wanted to play. I think everyone in our group has wanted to play this. But I've never made it work because there's two obvious ways to do it, and I don't want to do either of those. Uh, it is Zedru the Great-Hearted, which I always want to say goat-hearted. But he's not a goat. He's a minotaur. He's pretty much a goat. I know. It's. I think it's a she. Uh, is it a he or she? I think it's a she. I don't think you want to stare too closely and determine that one. I'm, I'm looking close. <laughs> uh, it's a so Zedru is a Jeskai and probably the least Jeskai commander because Jeskai is a lot of spellslinger. Uh, it's a Minotaur Monk uh, for one and uh, blue, red, uh, white, and it's a 2-4. Who cares? Because the ability is, at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of permanents you own that you your opponents control. And for blue, red, white, target opponent gains control of target permanent you control. Yes. So the way you play this is to play things like uh, Delusions of Grandeur, uh, yeah. Where it comes yeah. in and you gain a bunch of life, and when it leaves play, you lose it. Aggressive mining. Give it away. Yeah. And then when they, you gain the life, but they'll lose it when it goes. Yeah. Aggressive mining because then they can't play lands and it screws them over. Yeah. Rust elemental. The bad, uh, the bad cards. Nine lives was the new one. Uh, steel golem. Uh, all the cards you know, that like, you yeah. look back and go like, wow, this card's horrible. You give it to someone. <laughs> uh, the problem is when someone stops you from you play rust elemental and then they blow up zedru and, and now you go, you're stuck uh, with rust elemental darn. yeah right. um so that's one way to play it the other way you play it is you play auras because if yes. i play uh eldrazi conscription on my guy just you know a random aura i can think of uh and then i give brian control of eldrazi conscription it, it changes nothing it doesn't mean anything no it's still nope. the same thing so i give it uh because then all it does is give me card draw yeah. and life yep those are the two main ways it's played um, I've always looked to see if there's a different way just because um, it'd be more interesting. The, the aura one's kind of boring because it's like taking Zedru and not having the fun of giving of stuff Zedru. away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the other way's fun, but the problem is it so easily can blow up in your face. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, because if you play Zedru and then you play aggressive mining and then they blow up Zedru and you didn't have enough mana to recast Zedru, you're, you're stuck with an aggressive you're mining. You're done. Um, so, like, what are you going to do? So, it's kind of dangerous that way. And uh, and some of the old ones, like Delusions of Grandeur, are a little expensive. Um, but uh, it's a great political deck if you yep. can make it work. Um, we I know we've talked about uh, a couple other builds uh, somewhere online. Someone <coughs> said they made Zedru Arms Dealer. Yes. It had a bunch of – they just basically played all the best – uh, equipment. equipment and then just gave it to people and made <laughs> friends with them like i don't think the deck could win i think it could only come second yes no um but uh maybe if you put like homeward path in and you could just like when it's one-on-one you could be Doesn't like i'll like steal back creatures no i think it's all permanence is it look it up okay uh if that's the case you could just steal all the swords and then equip them all to xedru and uh yeah go crazy gain control of all creatures oh anyway. it is creatures yeah. never mind there's yeah. got to be a way there's a uh, there's a there's a red creature there's that like, takes back everything. Yeah, there's yeah. a green one, but I think that's creatures. Um, so um, on the hate then, scale, and then we talked about yeah. one where you give away actual good stuff. Yes, that if you could give someone at instant speed a uh, platinum Empyrean, that'd be funny. Well, my, we never figured out how you'd win. My build was always but to you build could like, always make a buddy out of uh, that. My build was always I called it UM Peacekeeper. 
and it just stopped people from dying constantly to just extend the game forever. Yeah. Until someone drew themselves dead. Here's a platinum angel so you don't lose. Yeah. Or, or I'll just here's leave it and three man up and now what are you going to do Or are you being it? hit by this? Well, here's this enchantment that lets you prevent yeah. the damage. And like, then I guess you could do that and then just, yeah. you know, approach yeah. the second sun. But it all seems boring. So what do you got for hate? Uh, hate. Um, if you're playing the actual, like, give bad stuff, Zedru, you'll take a bunch of hate because... Um, people don't like getting, uh, you know, aggressive mining. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you don't see it a whole lot. Um, I'll give it a two because okay. it can be bad. But mostly it's a meme deck. Uh, politics? Uh, politics, it, it, it depends on your build. If you're yeah. playing the bad one, uh, the bad stuff one, there's not really any politics. You're just giving bad stuff to people. Yeah. But if you're playing any of these joke ones we talk about, um, then obviously you can do a bunch because you could just donate blockers to people um, and mess people up donate because no one cons. can swin, swing. Uh, yeah, sure, if you wanted to go crazy and do that. Um, and then So it fun. can be, so I'll go two. And for fun, uh, if you're playing Zudru, I think you're having fun no matter what. I'll yeah. go two and a half. Um, yeah, because however you build it is going to be fun because yeah. it is a fun commander. Um, I've just never figured out the build I want to do. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll go with those. All right, so my random is Roshin Meander. Sweet. There's really only one way to build this guy because he literally says it on the card. Yeah. Uh, tap him, spend or add four colorless to your mana pool, and that's the diamond symbol. Uh, spend this mana only on costs that contain X. So I wish they would print a pile of Eldrazi's that are like endless X ones <laughs> that were X, and then this could be like the Eldrazi. Because we talked about that. There was the other Gruul one that uh, it was terrible, but um, yeah. it uh, it tapped for two colorless. We discussed that you could just play Eldrazi. Play, yeah. Now you have yeah. a reliable source. But this could only be spent on X. So uh, this guy really only has one way to go. He has just X spells. Yes. Um, I've seen people want to build like a... like Hydra. Yeah, they want to build like Hydra with them, which but is fine. But there's so many. They've printed actual good Hydra there's, commanders. There's good Hydra commanders now. So and Zaxara beats all of them anyway. Um, yeah. So this guy is really just X damage. Yep. Um, and X big creatures. But it's not good at it. He's I been feel outclassed. Like it was better Unfortunately, a couple years ago. He's but it's been, been outclassed. Massively outclassed. Um, so he is just like, when you look at his top spells, it's all just it's Hydras. X. It's Hydras and X. And X damage. Crackle of Power, by the way, is a good card. Crackle of Power is probably one of the best cards they've printed for red in quite when a while. When they made Jaya's uh, Immolating Inferno, it kind of made all the other X spells look bad. And they made yes. Crackle with Power, and it makes Jaya's Immolating Inferno look bad. <laughs> it does, in a way. But Jaya's Immolating Inferno still has a place. Yeah. Um, but, but Crackle with Power can get so out of hand. <laughs> um, so Roshi Meander, uh, there's not much to say about it. Like I said, it's a 4-4 giant. You, I suppose you could build giant tribal and just ignore the X part of it. It seems uh, seems like a bad play. It's but a terrible yeah. play. So um, I mean, we've we've covered generals like this before. You, you want to play the the way to get through it is you got to play like um, the ones that un you but got to play a bunch of untap stuff. You do. Um, you have to play all the artifacts and untap you. Uh, Unfortunately, year elixir in red and green. You have the Korean and the Scrib Ranger. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, you don't have a ton. And then you have If you the, can turn them into an elf, you'll be more successful. You can run uh, <laughs> the Immortality. You can run a few artifacts to help. But at the for the most part, you're just sort of sitting on X spells. For fun, this guy's at like a one and a half now because, like I said, there have been things that have outclassed him. Yeah. He does only one thing. Yep. He doesn't even have any evasion or abilities. He's just a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Um, uh, for politics, he's at a one. 
X-Spells don't tend to be political. No, I don't tend to just try to kill someone. Especially That's in red it. and green. Yeah. <laughs> it tends to be damage. Hurricane. Uh, unless you're playing Stream of Life and you're like, I'll give you X-Life. <laughs> uh, and then for fun, I really don't even see the fun in this guy anymore. No, it used to be because yep. you would try to play X-Spells. But there's... That's it. So hard to justify. We got it. we got one good one and one bad one here, folks. But you know what? That's how it rolls sometimes. It's the way life is. It. Thanks for joining us, though. Uh, yeah. You can find us online on Facebook at EDHRECT. We answer pretty quickly. Uh, we also have a Patreon that you could come jump into, EDHRECT. Yeah, which and, we'll uh, get you onto the Discord we'll where we actually Discord. talk about cards and sometimes, stuff. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, and we, we run tournaments there as well. Yeah. Uh, and um, what the next episode, I guess, we'll be reviewing. We'll probably have uh, to review Innistrad. Innistrad yeah. Yeah. There's a chance the deck's all the, the it's all spoiled now. Yes, uh, supposedly the whole set is spoiled now. As okay. I read on Twitter today. So we'll have to record one next yeah. week or something. Yeah. Um, get our actual thoughts. Uh, so far, from my it looks cursory glance, it looks pretty it good. Looks pretty good. Um, so uh, maybe you can hear us actually yeah. talk about a set we like. Yeah, it's been, for, a, it's been, a, been while. a while. Someone in the Discord was like, "When was the last set you were excited for?" And Commander I Legends. And it was I think. like. No, because I thought that was going to bomb. Oh, you did. I, yeah, yeah. I was really worried it was going to destroy Commander. Uh, I said Battle Bond I was excited for. <sighs> that was like three years ago. Yeah, that was a while But I'm yeah. struggling. Like, Zendikar was... No, no. Eh, me and you talked Kel about Han one that we thought okay. was good. It might have been a Commander product set. Anyway, um, uh, if you know what it Strix is, tell Haven, us. I really... I barely know what's in Strixhaven. I still don't know. The Dragons, that's all I know. Yeah. Some Harry Potter shit. There's so much stuff in that set that I just Stupid, didn't man. really look at. Cody the Spellbook. Um was that that set? Like, yes. I have no yeah. idea. Caldheim <laughs> uh, and Strickhaven like flowed into each other because they had similar symbols, like the axe well, that, that bladed out in the yeah, raven. That's true, and they're both like two color sets. Yeah, and so I was like, which one was in which? Yeah, like raven form. Which one was that in? That's Keldheim because okay. it's uh, uh, Odin. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you have to think first. Yeah, yeah. I was like, which one did that appear in? <laughs> At least the D&D one is like, oh, it's the one with all the stupid dice rolling. <laughs> all the dice mechanics. But anyway, we will join you guys. We'll probably we, we'll probably have to drop an episode early and uh, talk about uh, Innistrad. Yeah, and then we'll have to talk about Innistrad again in like a month and a half. Oh, or like three weeks. Possibly. <laughs> What's the spoiler? Do you think the set's going to come out before spoilers for the next one? I hope it. It's I hope close. we get to the point where it just starts spoiling before the set it's drops. it's November, so I guess yeah. it's going to spoil in mid early October. It would have to start spoiling in October. It's be pretty soon. All right. Catch you guys later. <laughs> See you uh, soon. <laughs>